Did you know our hearts connect deeply wherever you and I are in the world? Hi, I'm Andrea Petrut. Here at Healings Rwanda's podcast, together we find what makes us unique and what keeps us united. We learn of past wounds and ways to heal. We release old stories and create new, empowering realities that serve us now. Join me and my guests to recognize the truth within, discover why you are precious, connect with what sets you apart, and allow the world to welcome you and resonate with your heart. We are one. Dear friend, today is a new episode, episode 16 for Healing Through One Net podcast. And this is a day where I have two guests. Uh, now with me is Marian. Welcome, Marian. Hi, thank you, Andrea, for having us, for having me. <laughs> you know, we're waiting for Michael Challenger. Uh, he's going to join us um, very soon, as far as I know, and uh, we're going to introduce him too. Marian, how do we pronounce your uh, family name? Balogun. Balogun. Yeah, you um, got it right. Please, please forgive me. Uh, you are Nigerian. And uh, I, from the experience uh, of speaking to Nigerian immigrants here in Canada, I see that it's not the pronunciation I was thinking. I have to pay much more attention in the tone and accent and, and other things. Yeah, so it's actually Balogun. Yeah, but, um, you know, I try to pronounce it a little bit more so that the person, uh, other people are able to pronounce it well. Thank you for sharing that. So, uh, Marianne, uh, you and Michael um, kindly accepted uh, the invitation to be here with, with me and my friend listening and viewing because you are both part of an event coming next week in Toronto, event organized in collaboration with Immigrant Women in Business, which the three of us are involved in, in, in different ways and with our own experience and expertise. Michael is, um, is a man and that has brought, I would say, spice into the Immigrant Women uh, in Business community and um, Marian, before Michael uh, manages to connect with us, can you please share about yourself? What do you want us to know about you? You have your own unique experience and uh, you're like me, an immigrant, but you have a different story than mine. Okay, so um, my name is Marian Balogu. I'm from Nigeria. Um, I came into Canada almost three years ago. Came in during the pandemic, unfortunately, um, when I came into the country, uh, like two, three months after we had to lock down for the pandemic. So I wasn't really able to explore Canada the way I had planned to, you know, but then two years after we are now out and about and we're able to, you know, continue living our lives in the space of the two years of the lockdown of the pandemic, I went through an experience that was very life-changing. And um, I just thought um, 
I learned a lot from it and I thought to share with, um, with people, you know, just to help them um, live their life better. You know, I've always believed that when you know something, it helps you to make better decisions in your life. There is something you did. You wrote a book. And mm -hmm. uh, as I was reading, I really, um, I think I want to thank you for writing it. And I want to acknowledge the fact that Acknowledge the fact that Michael is trying again. <laughs> is that his phone? Can you hear me now? Yay! Oh, finally. Happened? Oh my gosh. Okay, oh, okay, I'm here. Oh my I'm so sorry, guys. I apologize. No worries. It's technology. <laughs> it's technology. And it, it's actually my, my first time using StreamYard. So I think that's why I was anyway. Please go ahead. Please go. We're all learning. Well, you know, now because you're here, and yeah. as long as we can hear you, Michael, first of all, welcome. Thank, Thank you for accepting you. Thank you so much. Great to be and, here. And um, please tell us about yourself because I always want to, instead of reading the bio, I really want to hear from you what resonates with you to share with us today. Is it okay? I mean, I know Marion was in the middle of her discussion, so I can... Uh... We were just about to talk about her book and okay. then about the event. So uh, I think it's the right time for you to jump in. Yeah, I think I think really at the end of the day, what it comes down to is that I'm just a multidisciplinary artist that has been in the industry for a very long time. And uh, I myself, I started off with uh, performing in different parts of the world, um, being able to be mentored by many incredible people. And as time went on in my career, I decided that I wanted to start my own uh, businesses and really start to use my own perspective and my experiences to help really increase the lives of other people. So there's two things that I really focus on in my life. I've always been really uh, obviously passionate about media, which is one area that I still focus on, and then also in health and wellness. The pairing of both, the both of them has been very, very instrumental in my life. And uh, one of the things that I really I love is to help people transform in their journeys, whether that's individually or businesses. So I wrote a book myself. It's called Don't Let Fear Paralyze You. Uh, became a best-selling author of the book, and I started touring in different parts of North America to, yes, thank you so much, um, a book to talk to different people about you know, what it looks like when we're, when we're offering at a very low vibration and not being able to actually do the things that we really want to do. And uh, I've actually created a program that's actually, that's, you know, a pairing of it to really give people a step-by-step -step journey on how to really overcome some of the limiting beliefs they may have. So it's interesting with some of the things that I do as a coach. I'm also a certified life coach and I take care of different, you know, certifications when it comes to happiness, when it comes to reprogramming the mind. I coach people uh, a few days a week and I also, I do business and I do coaching. So my life is very full with, um, with different types of experiences and uh, I try to keep it interesting. Thank you, Michael. You know, that's why Marion was waiting for you to, <laughs> to, mm -hmm. to start. Um, Michael, you are the one who helped us find uh, the title for this episode. And we would like, both Marion and I would like to hear your perspective because she has hers and each of us have, have had different experience in life where we really had to look at how, like Marion says, you know, how can I grow from with and through this experience. And um, you have your own take because of your life story, because of who you are as an expert and because of the people you meet and all of that. What can we, um, 
what can we be inspired by? What can we learn? What is the best thing you've learned about going through challenges created by situations where we relate with people who are negative, people who have other intentions than caring for one another, than contributing, collaborating? So I think that, you know, the title again, I thought it was a perfect, you know, taking charge of the trajectory of your life is really important because I think that it, specifically in this time, people are really trying to figure things out post-COVID. During COVID, it was obviously very difficult. It gave people the opportunity to settle and to really focus and marinate on what was going on and figure out some of the decisions that they needed to make, whether it was platonic, whether it was work-related, just it gave us time to reflect. But it doesn't mean that after COVID, like, you know, we have all the answers. We're still going through it because now we go right back into the patterns and we go back into our lives and we forget about the things that most matter to us. And so taking control of your life is so important right now for people because, you know, there's a lot of changes happening in the world. There's a lot of, there's a lot of, you know, I'm not going to get too political, but it's incredible what women are dealing with in Iran. There's what's, what people, like people, you know, things that are happening in different parts of North America about, you know, um, Really, you know, I'm talking to women here about, you know, in the states with abortion. There's all these different things about taking control of your life and actually honoring your own body and self. And so, again, you have to, we have to go really deep with that and ask the questions to, you know, people like, what do you actually really want? And being able to create the right map of success to help people lead them and guide them in the right way. And that can, again, can be whether that's an individual or that's corporate, because at the end of the day, the mandate within a business employees in a business, people individually, everybody wants different things. And if the lines of communication are clear with yourself or within a business, it can get very, very tricky and, and unclear. So my job in many ways, whether it's a coach or whether I'm dealing with an actual client when I'm dealing with the agency, right? I, I own a company called Optimal Living Summit and the actual uh, agency itself deals with a lot of corporate businesses. And so my job is to figure out the mandate of what they need, because, again, if the lines of communication is from upper management down to the actual employee, the staff, if it's not clear, it can actually ruin the business can lose thousands and thousands of dollars. So what's my job is to go in there to understand it so that we can create exactly what the company needs so that they can continue to excel in the right direction. So taking control is about being specific. It's about taking responsibility. It's about getting clear. Right. And I think that in many ways we can get, you know, life can is obviously very challenging for for most of us in many ways, depending on what we have to do. And uh, it, but it also takes the responsibility to sit down and look at what can I do to change right now? And that starts itself. Yeah, and I know that as a mentor and coach, it, you know, we change roles depending on who we're, we are dealing with. Sometimes we're mentors, sometimes we're coaches. You, with that experience, you know why coaching and mentoring is important. and. I also know, and, and Miriam can share from her experience what, what is important to her. Why do we need mentoring or coaching? Can't we do it alone? Well, here's, here's, here's a beauty. I actually found, I have something here that I, I wrote down for specifically. So this is according to actually the Harvard Medical School. Okay, So it says, the benefits of coaching, mentorship, 80% of people who receive coaching report increased confidence. And over 70% benefit from improved work performance, relationships, and more effective communication skills. So this is according to the Harvard Medical School. And so the benefits of that, when we look at it from a statistics standpoint, we really get to see the benefits of when people actually have accountability, when they have somebody who knows how to guide them, not control them, not tell them what to do, but guide them in the right direction 
in order for them to be successful with their specific goals and needs. So again, when you have that type of relationship that's built, when I'm working with a client, I always stipulate and make sure that it's that this is about you. It's a we experience, but this is actually about you. And you're the one that's leading me to make sure that I can keep you on track with what you want to do. That comes out to strategy, that comes out to planning, that comes out to depending on if you're an entrepreneur, that's branding, that's marketing. I mean, there's so many different things that as that I know based off of what I've had to do for my own business and from, you know, and how the world has changed, these things are very specific. And so everybody's going to have different wants and it requires a very specific, um, a specific need to make sure that people are actually getting what they want. And, and, and that's the part of my job that I love the most is being able to celebrate their wins. This is so important, by the way, um, having somebody to go through an experience successfully, having that triumph that we are talking about here, and also celebrating what worked well. Because many times um, we don't see what we did well. It, we're dismissing the simple things. And both of you wrote uh, a book, like you, Marion, you, uh, sorry, you, Michael, you said, don't let fear paralyze you and which is one take on things and then marion you wrote the different faces of narcissism how to recognize neutralize and protect yourself from toxic people disguised as friends and you wrote it from the empath's perspective i think all three of us here are empaths i know michael you also have our very sensitive um side of you i would say if if i may say this and um Michael, you here in the book, I love that we're not, maybe it's not a time to really go deep into it. Maybe we'll have a conversation separate because your book is really uh, special and has its own way of being structured and organized. And you have insights, you have your experience here, and then you have exercises. And one thing that I told you, and I remember I mentioned this to you one day, is that I see what I haven't seen in other books, which is you have a symbol which shows people to breathe, to take a breath, to pause. And I think this is so important if we're thinking of before getting to a coach or mentor, uh, we have these tools, we have books to which the authors and you too in this case are uh, giving us something that we can go through, that we can use as tools before we even invest in ourselves with a mentor or coach. Marian, your book, is the experience of a, of an individual who had to go through something and you didn't have a mentor. You found your support as you write in your dedication. Your boss, you later became uh, a supporter, but before you met your boss, your experience was just learning what to do and how to take yourself out of that. What does this triumph mean to you? How did that came into your life? What did you do? Okay, so um, when you go through trauma, there are different ways that you can process it. Um, you know, you definitely have to process it in some healthy ways. Um, when I was going through what I was going through and I had started therapy, um, which really helped, I was advised to, you know, look for a healthy way to process it because you actually have to process it, which is why I, I love, I really love what Michael does. He does, you know, he helps you, like he said, you are the one that has to be, that 
that has to be um, present. You're the one that's guiding, you're not controlling because the main definition of emotional abuse is an attempt to control. So that person wants to control your thought, wants to control everything about you. So that's why, you know, Mike, what Michael does in the mix, it's amazing. And uh, I'm so grateful that he's on this team, you know, to help us educate people on how to move forward. And so basically what our, our topic says, how do you take back the trajectory of your life, like in my own case, after an emotional abuse? Um, so um, like I said, when I went into therapy, one of the things that was said to me was look for healthy ways to, um, to um, process what has happened to you. I chose writing. For some people is sharing um, their story in support groups, uh, talking to a therapist. Um, for some others, is creating arts, right? You you have to process it. So you it's show it's. I don't know how to explain. It. I think Michael knows how to explain it better. You know, you have to let it out, right? Because it's stuck all day and it's messing you up. So you have to let it out. Yeah, somewhere. and and I yeah. So just to support uh, Marion in that, the fact is is that you know again with the the line of thinking and depending on the community that you come from. Right. Sometimes we're taught to suppress. Sometimes we're, we're taught to mm -hmm. actually not let out or express what it is that we're feeling. And so when you get, again, the opportunity to have somebody in your corner to hear it out. Right. Releasing the stress from the body, releasing the tension from the body. All of those things make a difference on how people progress in their life. Yeah. This is a huge, 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 again, a component of when you're talking about, you know, um, being, you know, and again, with her book, with narcissism. Narcissism being the thing is that when when the narcissist actually finds your weaker spots or knows uh, where where you're where you, you know weakest, that's when they jump in and take control. Yeah. And so anyway, I'll let Marie. So yeah. Yeah. So like I said, some people express it through um, art, whatever their art or craft is. Um, some people go into meditation and prayer. I know if you've read the part of my book to that extent, you see that it, that really helped me. Meditation, yoga, prayers. Um, and then some people, um, you know, walk through it through physical workout exercise. You know, I'm not very big of a gym person, but going for walks, going to the gym, it helps you, you know, helps you release that tension and so that you can focus on other important things in your life. Yeah. And, and it's, and it, you know, it, there's something about bringing the nervous system back to a place that works very neutral, right? And so there's so many benefits of why, you know, working out and being the physical activity, physical wellness, you know, that's the biggest thing, again, when it comes out to coaching or my business, you know, the areas of wellness for mental health in any of these is, is the key thing. And if we don't know how to pinpoint the areas where you're weakest, you can feel like you're in a rat race trying to figure out why do I always feel depressed? I really love how both of you, I would say, integrated different aspects because dealing with emotional abuse has different levels. And I think narcissism is one of the highest. I'm not sure it is the highest, but is one of the highest and the most challenging, the most um, draining experience we can have. And we have issues in recognizing, first of all, any kind of emotional abuse. We are not taught in schools. We're not taught in our families. We're actually 
even in some of our families, unfortunately, it is considered as normal and is, is part of the education and encouraged. And we can't make the difference. And I love that you two joined forces for next Friday to really talk in depth about how do we recognize what it is and uh, what do we do about it when we see it? Because definitely from both you, Michael, and you, Marion, said, um, we, we have to acknowledge what is. We have to um, learn how to deal with it. And we have to know there is support. Like you, Michael, you're there. Marion, you're, you're sharing uh, from your experience so others know what to do. Definitely, there are more conversations needed, and it's not an easy thing to talk about. We don't want to see the truth. It's hard to accept that we put ourselves in a situation or that we are living in a situation that we have to get out from, and we don't always know how. What do you uh, guys think about that, and how do you see this event really uh starting something to help people take whatever uh, is useful now and start making changes in their life. Okay, I'll, I'll just go first and I think Michael adds right. So basically, uh, emotional abuse has a devastating impact on people, obviously, especially women. And what happens is that we end up losing ourselves. Uh, and the reason for this is because, um, you know, it's a physical and emotional betrayal. You know, the abuse was a betrayal to us. Um, what the abuser basically does is that the abuser um, con conditions um, victims to basically ignore their needs. And, you know, at the end of the day, what happens is you find out that you end up putting all your, ne your needs at the back burner, you know, of your, they are the ones that become important. And then, you know, you, you are you you're scrambling to breathe you know and um you mentioned the symbol in michael's book and i just want to say a personal experience so when everything was happening to me i remember one day I, I i was in a car with a friend the friend was driving the car and suddenly i could i was so overwhelmed uh, you know i'm an empathic person i tend to take in everything and i was so overwhelmed that i couldn't breathe we were on the highway he had to get off the highway, stop the car, and, and basically, you know, luckily for me, this person was a therapist, so he knew all the right things to do and calmed me down, you know. So, you know, like that symbol, I remember I'm also going through your book and I saw the symbol and I remember thinking how so important it is, you know, because especially with us women, it takes a toll on us. We lose we really it takes it's it has so much of an impact on us on 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 our health now what do we do we need to seek safe support um i say i say all the time when i'm talking about my experience i'm not you know a therapist so but i would always say seek, seek safe support it can be a coach it can be kind of like what michael does or it can be a therapist where when you go there and when you have this kind of betrayal, what happens is, is it's not easy for you to open up to somebody else. My experience, this person was in a position where I could openly tell the person my traumas. I was coming with trauma, right? 
And then every, like, like, I don't know, there was Michael or you, Andrea, that said it, everything was used against me. So it's very hard for you to now want to go back and open up to somebody else. But then when you seek safe support, what happens is with um, licensed therapists, anything you say to them can't be shared. You know, it can't be shared with anybody. It's, it, you know, so they're just helping you through, helping you walk through your trauma and helping you to get to a better place. And then you also mentioned how do we recognize the honest truth is how did I get to the extent that I got to well, because I didn't recognize all the red flags at the beginning, which is what my campaign is all about. My, com my campaign is all about if you can recognize it, then you can remove yourself from that situation before it gets too far, you know? So I'm just going to mention some signs of, uh, of, of emotional abuse that I know you know, that people can look out for and, you know, maybe recognizing it can save them, you know, and then Michael can take it from there. Name calling. Now, um, you mentioned at the beginning of this session that um, some, some, some are cultural. I come from that kind of culture where it's okay to, be, to belittle someone. It's okay to assassinate the person's character. And I remember when I was on holiday in Nigeria and I was on one of the radio stations speaking and I was telling the person, I said, our aunties are narcissists because that's all they did. They would come and bully us. They would, you know, name call us, character assassinate us. You know, when it's done, it's like constructive criticism. If, 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 if it's constructive, but when it starts tilting towards the negative aspect, it's no longer it now becomes abuse. So name calling, character assassination, yelling. I mean, we so with parents with kids, sometimes you yell, but when yelling now becomes uh, excessive, it stops being you trying to get across to your child. It becomes abuse. So yelling, patronizing, belittling your uh, your accomplishments. Oh, I can do better than that when somebody accomplishes something, you either don't say anything or you just recognize the person's accomplishment. You don't belittle it. So when people start belittling, no matter what it could be, you stop to drinking for two, you're sober for two days. You should, you should be proud of yourself. And nobody should belittle the fact that, oh, it's just two days. I've been sober for two years. No, once you're being belittled, that's another sign of, you know, it's it's a sign that this person, you know, can potentially abuse you. You need to stay clear of that person. Public embarrassment. Public, as, as funny as that sounds, public embarrassment too is an emotional abuse. And, you know, pushing your buttons, you know, there, there's so many examples of that person's always pushing your buttons because why would you want to put someone down? You should always want to encourage the person you know, instead of wanting to put the person down. Michael, I don't know if you want to add to some of that. Absolutely. I think that in many ways, when you look at when, when you're being or feeling abused in situations, it's not always obvious for people to know how to seek professional help. And again, depending on where they are in their life, if they have the money to actually get the help that they need. My biggest suggestion in all of this is to really look at friendship. When you have a close enough friend, we all, you know, some of us have, you know, a large amount of friends, some of us only have a few, but the quality of your relationship to make sure that you have somebody that can be strong enough to help 
you get out of situation or that you can depend on. This is the key to starting your journey of getting out of something that's abusive or specifically that we're talking about today is mm -hmm. narcissist behavior. And so, and that type of relationship, because I know it for a fact from myself of experiencing it and people that I've coached in it and friends that have gone through narcissism. The fact is, is that that commitment or that friendship made a heck of a difference in their life. As a coach, it's obviously, again, it comes out a lot. And, and sometimes people don't even know that they're part of, you know, they don't understand the signs of it. So again, you know, Marion being um, the expert in that and with her book and talking about those red flags, that part of it really of her outlining it and making sure that people can really be clear about what it is that they have to look out for so that they don't start something without really actually knowing that they're a narcissist. It's really amazing when you understand what narcissism is because you can avoid it. But when you don't know, all of a sudden you're like, my auntie's a narcissist. Oh, this auntie's a well, this auntie's a narcissist too. <laughs> right? And you don't even know that you, your family has been built. It's been built in the structure of, of, of within the community to be a narcissist. Society teaches us to be a narcissist with our selfies. It's healthy to have some of it, but again, what, what, how are people using their, their own, um, their self in situations? Are they controlling you? Are they, are, is it a healthy part of narcissism that self-love, self-care, right? Self-love, self-care is important. That I, I, that's what I encourage people to do. Like take time for yourself, make sure it's about you. So there, there's moments where we really have to look at it. So it's a very interesting conversation and I, I look forward to extending it. I know that we will be with each other next week. Um, and I look forward to, for the people who can actually attend this, it's going to be very instrumental and beneficial. So you should do that. Okay. So if, if you're in, thank you, Michael, this was really good. Thank you, Mary and Michael. Um, if you're in Toronto in GDA, please join us next Friday, 6 PM EST. You're going to see both Michael and Marion and many other extraordinary people who bring are bringing together their expertise, their experience to support and to help us in dealing with such situations. Before we leave, Michael and Marion, do you have one thought, one message for our listener? I just think that in many ways, if I'm talking about, I know today, again, taking responsibility for your life, really take the time and ask yourself, what, you, what do you really want? You know, I think that if you can really, you know, have a personal moment for yourself, and to just figure out and try to clear it up. It's the hardest question to answer for most people. And when we actually start to work with it, things tend to come up and you go going back into bad habits. Ask yourself, what do you really want? And start working from there and, and see what happens. So I would say in like, you know, I'm talking more about emotional abuse. I would say that if you fell into that kind of situation, if you are, you know, trying to get back to your normal self from it. I want you to know that you have to forgive yourself. It wasn't your fault. It was, you know, it was just someone taking advantage of your, of your vulnerability. It wasn't you. And um, in as much as it's so, it's not that easy to recover, but you need to make whatever effort it, it, you can to recover and learn all you need to learn from it and move forward. You know, and try as much because what I have seen is, you know, growing up from where I'm from, what I've seen is we tend to take a lot of our, tra our, our trauma and then we extend it onto the next generation. We're trying to avoid transferring generational trauma. That's Thank all. you both for these great messages. 
you have these tools now, one book from Michael, the other book from Marion. Join us with uh, the event next week. You'll have all the links available to buy the books and see more of Marion and Michael. Thank you so much for listening and watching and please leave a review and tell us how and what touched you. Thank you so much. Have a good Thank day. Thank you guys. Thank you. If what you heard touched you or helped you, please leave a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite place for tuning in. Pay it forward by sharing it with others. I'll be here for you with the next episode. I'm Andrea Petruth, your Healing Through Oneness show host. Remember, we are connected. We are one.